Hello, hello. Just wanted to get out ahead of something. Uh, we recorded this like two hours before the news came out that Kirill Kaprizov is going to be missing three to four weeks with a lower body injury. We touch on it a little bit, but we ultimately decided to not talk too terribly much about the injury until we learned a little bit more. And it turns out if we had just waited a couple hours, we we could have uh, addressed a little bit more then. But anyway, all that to say, this episode of Wild Takes is going to mention the injury and the fallout and kind of what to expect, but um, it's not going to dive deep into what the team is going to look like because we just didn't know what uh, what was going to happen there. So yeah, we will definitely address that next episode, and yeah, we'll see you soon. You're listening to Wild Takes presented by 10,000 Takes. Opa. Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. This is the podcast where we talk about the wild and give our takes. I am Dev. With me, as always, is my courageously attractive co-host, Zooch. Zooch, how the hell are you? Doing great, Dev. Doing hell, very good. Yeah, it's a uh, great day. It's a beautiful day. It is. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. I love, I love our, our uh, manatee. Uh, matinee? Or matinee, yeah, manatee. Well, I'm thinking of the manatees. Um, <clears throat> matinees are recordings. In the afternoons here, it's nice. I am with you. Yeah, we are uh, recording this one day after the Wild beat the Winnipeg Jets uh, by a final score of four to two. So yeah, we'll get to all that in the the uh, we'll call it the fallout from that game. But before we do, we got to get to some stick taps. Um, yeah, we do. Let's uh, let's have you go first since um, you have the the best one. Of the yeah, the most obvious, yeah, the most obvious one. Uh, the tourney 2023. Mm. Delray Field is looking solid. The first game's just underway. It's a tight contest between Maple Grove and Creighton. But, yeah, the tournament's tight. All the teams, I mean, anyone could win it, it feels like, in this field. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be exciting to watch on the single-A side. Last night, the only close game was Northfield and Orno, which everyone kind of assumed. Northfield kind of lost in heartbreaking fashion, but that was a fantastic hockey game. Hell of a game, yeah. I was watching them. It's the best. It's the best time of the year, man. These kids, it, it, it just listening to Parrish explain it. You know, he played at Bloomington Jefferson all those golden years with them, and just listening to him talk about it, all these coaches coming back to coach for their teams, and you know, just communities. I mean, they basically said the whole town of Northfield was there, which doesn't surprise me because. That town, they love their hockey over there. I went to Red Wing. We played against them in high school. They've been good for many, many years. So it's good to see them get to the X because they're a smaller school. And, and it, that's what single A is all about. Is these I small was just schools. about to say, that's what 1A, 1A <laughs> hockey is all about. Exactly. Not these schools that are pulling people from, you know, 85,000 fucking populated towns and <laughs> calling themselves hockey town. So. That's what single A is all about, baby. Let's go. No, I love it. The the tourney is, it's the best. I mean, if you're listening to this, you know. You know. You just know. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. Uh, I can't top that, but um, the sickest goal that I saw of the of the, the last, probably the calendar year, 
uh, was Trevor Zegras scoring an absolute filth bomb um, through the legs. Uh, God, what was it? It was uh, against the Kraken, I believe. Yeah, it was the Kraken. I'm just double checking it now. It's unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, it um, it came out the other night. It's it's a hell of a goal. Yeah, Trevor Zegras did it again. Crazy. Well, I mean, Kaprizov and Eck have actually hit the post this year while attempting goal. So it is frustrating to see Zegras pull it off. But that cat, he's he's a stud. I mean, isn't it fun the Bedard tank race? I mean, it's fun. It Some actually of is. Go to like they have. I mean, think about it. Columbus, you got Gaudreau and Line. <laughs> That'd be a super fun first line. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, the Ducks with Zegras and McIntosh, all these players they got over there. I mean, you got a, a bunch of young guys. Um, I'm not going to say Chicago because Chicago sucks. I mean, yeah. what, does he want to go there? There's no chance he wants to go in that franchise. Hell, Arizona would be fun too. I, I was going to say Arizona, but that has more uh, stipulations. You know, I mean, if, if Matthews goes there, hell yeah, that'd be super fun. I mean, if it's the same team, it could be fun, Cooley, you know. But yeah. we'll see. It is a fun race, though. I mean, it, it kind of adds to this NHL season, which has been one of the better ones for me in recent memory, just how close it is. No, is I that, agree. Except for Boston. <laughs> but there, there's everyone tight together and then Boston. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, yeah, I, like we pretty much know who the 16 playoff teams are going to be. Essentially, yeah. I mean, like, it maybe, might maybe be, one or two. Maybe. Maybe, maybe swap in Calgary for Winnipeg and maybe – the Islanders for the Penguins, maybe, maybe, but other, Big than that, but other than that, I mean, the, the, the playoff race is not super intense, but the jockeying for a position race absolutely is. And I'd say then, the East is a little more interesting though. I mean, super wild card. there's, there's, I mean, Buffalo's there, they're there, but it's not, you know, they can't be feeling great about their chances, but yeah, yeah. the West is all but button up at this point. I mean, bring, a crazy run by Nashville, which they just traded. Could happen. I don't. <laughs> they see sold. It. They literally I, sold their team. They did that like two years ago, and they did the same shit. That's true. It so, is true. So you never know. Yeah, it could happen. But yeah, I mean, you trade Janelle, Granlin, Niederreiter, and yeah. they're still like fighting around. It's. It, I mean, the Wild did that a few years back when they sold and they got Fiala, and I mean, they kind of. It, it was COVID year. They yeah. went on a. And I mean, they were looking up like they were in the playoff race after basically selling. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe you bring up young guys that can play. I mean, it happens. Definitely. Uh, Yeah. No, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a really fun uh, end of the season on both ends of the spectrum, too, because like you said, the uh, the teams at the bottom of the barrel are actually pretty fun to watch. Still, yeah, <laughs> uh, which is weird, weird to think about. So, yeah, the NHL is in a good spot right now. I just yeah, it, they need to they need to work on other things. But, you know, the play on the ice is looking good. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to some of the other stuff here in a moment. But first, mm-hmm. uh, some cup clinks and I'm going to go first on this one. Uh, my cup clinks is my my cup clink uh, now, I guess, is just my couch um, because <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, there's so much, there's so much good stuff to watch in the near future. The Mandalorian season three is out now. The first two episodes, great television. Barry and succession are both airing their final just started season. Sick, uh, just started succession. Oh, you're, you're in for a ride. 
Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, good I, I love I love Succession. Um, it's, anybody, it, why is it? It's, it's similar to like an Office feel, but more serious, in my opinion. But it's very funny, but very serious. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, weird. I love it. It's a it's a weird. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, so that's come. The final season starts in a couple weeks, and then the final season of Barry, which if you've listened to this pod before, you know that we both love Barry. Um, when is that coming? In about a month and a half. April no way. 12th. Oh, I have a, is, has there been a trailer or something for I'll that? I'll send it to you. Yeah, the trailer just oh, came yeah. out like yesterday, I think. Um, oh, dude, that's why I didn't – hell yeah, man. That's awesome. That, that cliffhanger at the end of last season, yeah. man. Woo. Um, And then, yeah, and, you know, if you've – again, same thing here. Like the Oscars are this weekend, so I'm going to be watching that uh, on Sunday night. It's going to be a blast. Super much – very very much looking forward to getting acquainted with my couch. Um. And that is forgot Ted Lasso, Dev. I don't oh, know yeah, that's true. That. See, I knew I was missing something. Ted Lasso. Yeah, man. There's Lasso's a lot of television. Like two weeks. Um, oh. and that's that's actually that one might one. be sooner. Uh, a week. Yeah. A week. That's, drop six that's, days. That's another one where the, the it's great the final, show. final season. Great show. What yeah. it is? Well, we don't know that for sure, but it's been heavily, heavily, heavily implied that like they are going. Like it's not like it's not being canceled or anything, but it's heavily implied that like because like for a long, long time. The deal was uh, Bill Lawrence, the creator, uh, had a thing with uh, Jason Sudeikis where he was like, hey, we've got an arc. Um, it's about three seasons that we think we can wrap up the, you know, the arc in. And Jason was like, cool, but he probably doesn't want to do beyond those three seasons because they will have, in theory, wrapped up the arc. And also uh, then Jason can spend more time with his kids because his kids are getting to the age where like they're going to remember stuff now. Okay. So, uh, so that's I get where, that. yeah, it's a great show. No, it's yeah. I like that. I love that show. So yeah. So that comes out. Yeah. Really, really soon. So yeah, lots of good TV. So in the very few nights that you're not going to be watching a great hockey game, uh, in the NHL, we got you covered. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your cup clink, Zooch? Huh. Mine is basketball related this week because Fred Van Vliet is my new hero. Uh, he absolutely, <laughs> I love the wording you used on this. Absolutely eviscerated the roughing of the NBA. Basically, <laughs> what was the guy's name, Dev? I can't remember. Tom Johnson. What the fuck was the guy's name? The ref ben, he said. Ben something. Ben something. Basically called him a fucking idiot and said he didn't know how to do his job and he's not ruining the game, which the integrity of the game, people come to watch the players play. Stop putting your nose in everything. And that's for every sport. I feel like every sport, the refs are like, almost policing it's it's getting to the point where they need to just step back a little breathe shit happens the nba is really bad man you ticky tacky foul left and right they're going to the they're going to watch the fucking you know replays every other damn play because yeah let's see if if challenging yeah let's see if we got it right this guy's elbow brushed the yeah other guy's forearm for right it's it's ridiculous and shot and yeah, so I, I think it was awesome. If you haven't seen the video, I very much recommend it because we're going to get into, you know, NHL refing, which kind of costs the wild a point here. And we're going to see, I mean, that one point that it costs the wild, who knows what that one point will mean at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, if it's, it's I would Dallas, that point <laughs> that would have put us into the division lead. Yeah. Let's get into the NHL ref show because yeah. the, uh, the point you're talking about right now is as the as the standing sit as we record this, the difference between the wild being in sole possession of first place and being tied for first place 
in the Central Division. I understand that Dallas still has a game in hand, so it is what it is. But but yeah, the, yeah, that one point still matters, man. Oh, I know absolutely. How times have they lost in OT this year? <laughs> I mean, they, yeah. and, and we have the tiebreaker because regulation wins. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Yeah. Either way, it sucks, man. It, it, it it's getting to the point where you almost want. I don't know if the training's going out the window or if these guys just have egos so big that they think fans are coming to watch them on the ice ref. And, you know, you got guys like, I like Wes McCauley. I think he's a good ref. I think, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy you know, when he, he goes fighting or like, you know, that's fun. I, I like that. But a lot of these refs are taking their job way too fucking serious. This is sports people. I mean, this is sports. This is fun. These are adults playing a kid's game. Let's make it fun. I, yeah. I don't get why it's, it's like, Ugh. It's so bad. Some of the refing is so bad sometimes. <laughs> now, we've complained about refing before, and mm-hmm. my my stance has always been and always will be like I'm fine if you want to like call the game a certain way, just be consistent, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean consistency in like the same. I, I mean like consistency overall, right? Like yep. what's a, what's a slash should always be a slash. What's a hook should always be a hook. That's fine. But there's there's a little bit of wiggle room. I understand. Um, but especially in this, like within the same game, right? Like if you're going to yeah. like, what is a, what is a hook in the first period should be a hook in the third period with 14 seconds left. Like it, that should not change. I understand that it does because like the pressures of the game and like the big moments and whatever, but it shouldn't, that's, it's bullshit. It's so frustrating. Um, I think know, it's more like the, they don't even know the rule with goaltender interference half the time. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. Different and offsides. Why is why is there uh, why are we defining offsides? If he's in the zone before the puck's in the zone, I don't give a shit if he has the puck on his stick and he's controlling the puck. You're offsides. Mm-hmm. You're in the zone before the puck. That's offsides. Why why do we need a sidebar rule that's oh well no he has got the puck on his stick like the Makar thing in the playoffs last year. That's a goal, but Spurgeon's isn't because Spurgeon had his. Was stick handling, so he lifted his stick for a point two second. And it, I think, I, I think they got the right call. In my opinion, that the right call was made. He was in before puck. That's offside. That's all the rule has to be. There doesn't need to be all these different side rules to it. Goaltender interference. If you're forced into the damn crease by another player and you bump the goalie, that's not your fault. It's not goaltender interference. If you skate into the crease and touch the goalie at all. Get in the goalie's way while you're in the blue paint. That's goaltender interference. Why is it so hard? <laughs> Why? There's so many little rules that go into the big rules. that It's just stupid. It's stupid. They need to simplify everything. You're playing a game. Simplify the damn rule. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> now, now on, that note, on that note, one of the things that frustrates me the most is when, you know, something happens and then they just don't call. Like perhaps yeah. Logan Stanley hitting Kaprizov from behind and then laying on top of him. That's not good. So, you know, we got to kill him, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, we got to see how uh, how superhuman Kaprizov is because last year when Frederick, you know, took that little run at him, all of us were thinking, oh, this is bad. Very, very bad. And then he's back the yeah. next. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm glad you missed that. one game and it came back. So yeah, in our, in our, um, in our like living document that we do for the, for the pod, the very, very first thing that I typed in this is Trent Frederick's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean that, <laughs> that was, you know, right about a year ago. Now it's Logan Stanley. So now we got two guys. Now that, it's Logan uh, Stanley. 
Minnesotans will forever hate. That Jets team, though, it, it, I see in our notes here that Dom's playoff model, that's our that's likely our first-round matchup if the, if the teams keep playing the way they are. Because Dallas, I think what his model is basically saying is the Wild are hot right now. They have enough of a point spread between them and Colorado to where he doesn't think Colorado is going to catch us. But I don't. I don't know if I necessarily believe that we still got game against them and they're hot and getting healthy at the same time. So, so his, his model had us, uh, had it being a one versus four. That's what I'm saying. So he uh, they're seeing Dallas, not winning as much games as us down the stretch and us kind of staying at this pace. Yeah. But I don't, do you really think that's the most likely, I think our the most likely it's going to be the avalanche Colorado or Dallas. <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I think, I, I think so, but and um, I take I dude. I said it earlier in the year. I would take Dallas. I would take Winnipeg in a playoff series. I don't I take. I would take Winnipeg. Especially, I, I both those teams to me are not as good as the Blues were last year. That's I agree my, with that. Um, I mean, well, Blues last year was Dallas, a much scarier matchup. I think it's a scarier matchup. I think Dallas is probably a better team than the Blues were last year. People are pumping Dallas's tires, and I'm sick of it because I said it first, and everyone called me stupid. I was like, wow. Dallas is looking like they could be pretty good next year. Got a and lot of I was, I, Hey, listen, I was wrong. I I didn't think they would be that good, and and they are. So like, oops. I just it. it I don't see. I said that. And now I'm the one saying, you know, I still think we're we're. I I did believe we'd be okay against them in a playoff series. Either way, I've said that all year. Yeah. No, I don't. So I don't now think, that's not me saying we're going to 100 win either. People, I'm not saying that the Wild are advancing if they get Dallas because that is not at all set in stone. I just don't want to. I don't want to face Colorado with them, though. Yeah, I don't want Colorado. Colorado Give me a second round. That's way better. For a (laughs) ton of reasons, but like, especially because, like, you know, by the playoff time, everybody kind of expects that they'll be healthy. That's not 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 a great uh, matchup for the Wild. We do have a good track record, and we we do. That doesn't mean literally anything (laughs) at all. No, it doesn't. Unfortunately. Um. So yeah, we we mentioned that Kaprizov goes down with the Logan Stanley hit. Uh, at the time of this recording, literally no information has come out uh, about what that could be. Um, you know, the general consensus is that he was able to skate off under his own power. So, like, that's a good sign, but we don't really know. It could be day to day. It could be week to week. He could miss no time at all. He could miss the regular season. We just don't know. Um, we really, well, really Where hope- we're set, I, I have a hypothetical, Dev. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I have a hypothetical. Go ahead. If Minnesota Wild right now, and he is – has an injury that is gonna, it's gonna hold him up. You put, he can push through, like he can push through, he can play, but the chances of him injuring it even more greatly and missing the rest of the season and or playoffs significantly increases. You sit him for an extended period of games here just to get him right because you basically have the playoffs locked up, or you keep that foot on the pedal because you never know what's gonna happen with you know, Nashville and all these other things. I think it really just depends on what the injury is. It looked like a knee or a groin. It looked good at all. It it looked like a knee or a groin. So if it's one of those, I think you take your time and make sure. If it's a groin, you're taking your time. 100%. Knee as well on it. To your point, yeah, knee as well. That is serious. But groin for me, (laughs) the one time I've injured that in my life, playing beer league softball, and I was unable to like move around in the field at that, even imagine playing at an nhl level like yeah well thank you so no, that's not yeah that's not good groin i'd be sitting him out at least two weeks at least get that well, thing right we need him way more in the playoffs than we do 
We need them all the time, but I'm just saying, if you're making the playoffs, yeah. right now the Wild are basically a singe to make the playoffs. The and Wild I- would need to lose basically every game for the rest of the yeah. year, to, and then and then the Predators yeah. and the Flames. And Stars. Or, uh, yeah, Flames. Predators and the Flames would need to gobble up a bunch of points as well. That'd be a fun playoff matchup. Predator or uh, Stars, Flames, kind of just a rematch. Flip, just flip it from la- now. Dallas is the number one, and they're the four. <laughs> I actually kind of like just, that. Kinda fun. They kind of just flipped on its head. They're like, "All right, we traded half our team, but we're back." And yeah. you guys, so well, this is weird. I will say, I I did a little bit of digging. Um, if the Wild are forced to go without Kaprizov, obviously that's a big deal. Um. Mm-hmm. The good news is the Wild are actually currently on a two-month, seven-game point streak uh, going all the way back to January 8th when Kirill Kaprizov does not register a point. So they are 5-0-2 in that span. Um, Obviously, he still is on the ice and is, you know, creating impact and drawing away the team's best defenseman and everything. Um, But, you know, the Wild are capable of of winning that. Now, when they do that, they're not scoring very much. The secondary scoring is still still not there. Um, you know, oh, is that, that an issue with the team, Dev? <laughs> some of the <laughs> some of the deadline guys, some of the deadline guys have come in and and started to help uh, kind of write that shit. Yeah, JoJo's but, helped quite a bit, and we're all biting our tongues because we yeah. all. Have... Oh yeah, hand up! I was wrong. Uh, you know, it's a small sample size. It's what three three or four games since we acquired him and we weren't negative about it though. We weren't negative about the I, movie. I didn't like the price. Just didn't, I didn't, didn't make, it didn't make sense at the time. We were like, eh, I don't know about that. I, I like the price. I really do. I listen. I I've always liked him, but I, I didn't like the price. I didn't like the move. It didn't make sense to me, but power to him. Credit to him. He, uh, he's doing it. He's doing the thing. It's funny. <laughs> My dad watched. He's like, he's like, really? Is, is this not the guy we had two years ago? I'm like, yep, it is. And he's like, why? I'm like, I don't know, man. He's fast, whatever. And he was watching him. And he goes, holy shit. He texts me. He's like, holy shit. He can skate. I'm like, he was banged up when he played for us, man. He wasn't 100%. And oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's good. He's quick. And fly. He can fly. And that's helping Boldy. Because Boldy's not the fastest skater. He's a good skater. But he's not like a great skater. But having that guy that can move was kind of like having a Fiala out there with him. Just yeah. Yeah, he little, opens, opens up little, the ice. A little less skilled there with Johansson. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's it's a similar it's a similar like play style you know Fiala was that fucking woo woo kind of yeah. like a go around the zone I'm flying I'm moving I'm shooting and yeah I've liked our acquisitions I think Klingberg makes us a better team too I don't understand what the hate I understand his defensive numbers were terrible but Anaheim's terrible <laughs> they're a terrible team and they I mean shit I bet if you look at any of their defensemen's analytics, they're all bad. <laughs> I think he was the worst of the worst, which is what particularly why yeah, the analytics community wasn't a fan. I mean, you know, whatever. Have you noticed him out there though? I mean, he, he's fine. <laughs> I haven't no, I haven't been like, wow, Klingberg. Whoa. The only thing I will say about John Klingberg, and I said this when he played with Dallas, uh, he's soft as shit on his feet, dude. God, he's like. He, he just gets knocked down so much, which is fine because, I mean, when he gets going up the ice, dude, that's a guy that can wheel. And that's good to have a nice big defenseman that can skate with the puck. Yeah. No, I'm interested excited. to see when Brodine comes back because that's another guy. Hey, the Wild are on 11-point, 11 uh, 11 11-game point streak, and they don't have 
been Arguably missing one of their best defensemen. So for half of that, give or take half of that. So, uh, I mean, do you, I, I kind of wanted to chat a little bit before we go into Kirill's first 200 games about where the defensive depth chart sitting. Cause it, it looks like Addison is not going to play. Like no, Addison, I, think, I think he's gone. He's done. I think they probably trade him this off season. I think you're right. He ain't playing right now. Is he playing when Faber's here? No. Is he playing when uh, uh, what's his name? Lambos is no. here. Maybe, but probably not. And isn't Jack Faber Pert a defenseman here. as well? Jack Pert. Jack Pert. He's our good. Guy, Very our good. guy, Damon Hunt. Guy. Doing well in Damon Hunt. Doing well in Iowa. I mean, it's it's pretty deep, and if you can't play defense. <laughs> It's one of those things, like he. Kind of one of those things. I know we just talked about Klingberg, but Addison's Addison's, Addison's a talented player, very talented, and in the right setup and in the right scheme and system and everything. Like I actually think that he could be a very very good offensive defenseman um, mm-hmm. in the NHL. I mean, he's proven that he can be a very good power play quarterback and and everything. I just the Wild have historically and pretty much always valued playing shutdown lockdown defense and insulating our goalies, even when the goalies aren't performing at just like insane levels, the wild have historically always done a very good job of that. And I was looking at, I was looking at something. There's a reason flurry wanted to come back and sign and play two years here. There's a reason why I'm sure uh, Wallstead is sitting there licking his chops down in Iowa. Like, holy shit, I'm really good. And this team's defense around me is really good. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so, so, like, this is, according to Money Puck, the Wild are a top five team in expected goals against. Um, meaning that basically, separate from the goalies, the defense does a very, very good job of limiting good chances. Now, that wasn't the case mm-hmm. in the Jets game, the uh, where Flower had something like 22 high danger saves. Um, but he was, he was, awesome, he, he was unbelievable. And I've got some more stuff on flower later. Yeah. Um, we'll talk. But overall the defense on the season has been playing very, 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 very well. Um, hey, I told people before the season, Dev, they had, they were, it was there. Hey, listen, there was the first three games looked bad though. I, after I said that, I was like, Oh my God, what did you do? <laughs> there was some growing pains for sure. That bad. No. Um, I, well, the def- the defense this season, in my opinion, will be much better than last season. Seven, seven, seven to start the season. Like, okay, yeah. that's bad I mean, take. But yeah, hey, no, they, it looks they, good they, now. They've figured it out. I'm not really sure what changed, but you can almost point to when it changed. Um, and it's been it's been impressive. And you know, you got to give credit to where it's due. Hey, I think Dumba's play too. I Dumba's we were playing very very well. Hard on Dumba. At the beginning of this season, rightfully so, I think, mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, but he's playing good, playing good hockey. Now, yeah. he is an offensive guy that we've been always expecting. No, but I saw a good point. Like, we've always known the shoulder injury has affected him. And it definitely affected him with his ability to accurately. Yeah, play he, he can't rip a clap or shoot the blue line with. Like, that was his big, by far his biggest. And he did it in the playoffs, actually, last year, game yeah. six. One goal. When he did that, I was like, "Nice." I was like, "Okay, is he fine?" Yeah, right. I was like, "Uh, I mean, he had forty something points when he got injured that season. He that guy was going crazy with, you know, offensive potential." But speaking of offensive potential, oh yeah, let's uh... already being realized (laughs) with Kirill Kaprizov through two hundred career games. This makes uh, 
He's been unbelievable. So Just yeah, read about it. <laughs> the, the Jets. The Jets game was his 200th game, and the Wild uh, stats and information PR department put out some just really impressive stats to the He's surprise dominated the Minnesota's first, history to the surprise <laughs> of nobody through 200 games. Kirill Kaprizov is uh, first in both goals and points, but the margin is yeah. even more ridiculous than I would have thought. Basically, uh, essentially what 40 goals there between him and Gabrick 39. Yeah. Jesus. So, the top five in most goals and through through 200 career games in Minnesota Wild history: Kirill Kaprizov, 113; Marion Gabrick, 74; Jason Zucker, uh, 48; uh, Pascal Dupuis, 45; and Cal Clutterbuck, 38. And what's impressive, Dev, is the gap between Gabrick <laughs> to the next people yeah. too. I mean, for goodness' sake. Gabrick is by far the second best player in this franchise's history in terms of talent. Because I'm in probably terms of offensive scoring, yeah. Right. I'm probably putting Koivu at two just because he played here his whole career, was a captain, and a great career. Um, but in terms of skill and offensive skill, yeah, it's it's Gabrick Kaprizov. And Kaprizov makes Gabrick look like a third line <laughs> center or winger, whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah. it's it's true. Um, the most points is even more, more impressive. It's yeah, the points. Kirill Kaprizov, Kirill Kaprizov has 80 points on second place through 200 games. Yeah. That's literally an entire season's worth of hockey. More yeah. than it. For most yeah. players, more than an entire season's worth of hockey. Um, and where this really gets impressive, though, is when you look at it in terms of the NHL as a whole. Yeah. Like, sure. So, real impressive. quick. Real quick. Yeah. Let me just read this off because this is insane. Through 200 games. Kirill Kaprizov, 232. Marion Gabrick, 152. Miko Koivu, 115. Mikhail Granlin, 112. Pierre-Marc Bouchard, 111. That's unbelievable. Shows you how little offensive skill players we have actually had because... Right, had but still... Point per game. When, when, your, when your third... When your third best points producing player of all time has less than double or less than half of what Kirill Kaprizov has done in the same game span... It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> look at the names on the, the NHL active players. Yeah, so let me let me read the off. The first 200 games. Let me read this I mean, off. Uh, insane. Most, most goals through 200 career games of currently active NHL players. Number one, no surprise, Alex Ovechkin, 123 goals. Sure, it makes sense. No surprise. Uh, number two, Kirill Kaprizov, 113 goals. Wow. Ten goals. 10 goals between him and Ovi. And I and bet you could find 10 goals through his first 200 games that he'd uh, wish he put in the back of the net. Sure, yeah, <laughs> like a pipe bomb here or whatever. Oh, yeah. And Austin Matthews, 106, and then a, a tie in fourth between Patrick Line and Steven Stamkos at 105. It just makes me disappointed for Line A, too. Mm-hmm. He really was supposed to be some I, – I remember the Jets playoff series we played against them. I mean, yeah, when he, he was like 20. Yeah, I mean, he. I was looking at this like, damn. Gonna absolutely just to use your word again, eviscerate us for the next decade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy is gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. This problem with Shifley and Wheeler and never worked out. But yeah, Line A is impressive. How about how about we talk about points? Because this right here, this the name is- on this list here, if yeah. this is the type of player we're getting with Kirill Kaprizov, 
Bill Garrett better give him the fucking lifetime deal tomorrow because I mean, these are yeah these are yeah these are all this is insane all, these are all all timers so yeah all time Hall of Fame first ballots not probably just, not just goals but the most points through two hundred career games amongst all active NHL players uh, Sidney Crosby two seventy seven uh, Evgeny Malkin two fifty one Alex Ovechkin two forty. Connor McDavid, 238. Kirill Kaprizov is in fifth place at 232. So in, in NHL history, in all-time NHL, um, Kirill's 113 goals through 200 games rank 30th overall, and his 232 points are tied for 30th overall. So what we're talking about is, from a purely offensive standpoint, Kirill Kaprizov is having the 30th best start to his career of all time, all time. That's that's how good this guy is. Yeah, he's. I mean, we kind of knew it after his first year. This guy's destined for greatness. We knew it after his first game. <laughs> like that man is one of my all time favorite calls from Anthony Lapanta. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. That and obviously the Avalanche game seven. That was unbelievable from Lapanta. Just masterclass. But that Kirill the thrill is for real. Oh man, that was that straight goosebumps. That was awesome when that happened. And yeah, no. since that day, the Wild had their superstar. A star was born. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy how he's completely flipped this franchise upside down on its head. It's it went from a not very fun franchise to watch because they just specifically played defense to kind of the same, but now they have an absolute superstar that is. Every time he's on the ice, it's much watched hockey. Mm-hmm. Like McDavid and Crosby. And if you listen to Flurry, who we're going to talk about here in a second, uh, Flurry said he sees a lot of Crosby in Kirill's game, which is yeah, from super, just, super excited. Yeah, and like you know, you uh, Lapanta has mentioned a handful of times where like the guys will say he's got you know the first line talent, but then a uh, a fourth line work ethic, and I think that's one hundred percent true. So yeah, that's what helps. Um, <laughs> that also very all, much helps. All that. Side note to say, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, good at hockey. Um, somehow yeah. his $9 million contract is already a steal, uh, which is yeah. just terrific. We just love to see that. Uh, hey, so yeah. it's going to be over 12 next. Uh, oh, next, it's going to be probably 15 if we're being yeah. honest. He's gonna, I, and he deserves it. He yeah, deserves absolutely. let him do it. I don't care. Um, yeah, now, dude, keep him in, <laughs> keep him in our colors or keep him in our new colors come next year, hopefully. We'll see. Um, now, before we um, finish up the show, we also do need to oh, give some serious, damn. serious love to our goaltenders. So, Zuch, you mentioned that the defense has been playing really, really well. Here's the thing: the defense has been playing really well, and I mentioned that like the the Wilds, the Wilds record, uh, their last seven games where Kaprizov didn't score, they've gotten a point in all seven games. Um, that would not be possible without how good the goalies have been recently. I mean, just Philly fun. G. He, I think, is it? It's not Philly G anymore, man. It's, it's the Gus bus, baby. It's the Gus bus. Everyone aboard, all aboard the Gus bus. He is playing out of his mind, along with Flurry. And I'm just hoping this year, come playoff time, they do this the correct way, how all the fans thought they were going to do it last season. You play, you look at the splits, which I did last night, and it seems like Philly G, wherever you play him, he's going to be good right now. I mean, it, it really doesn't matter. He has been crazy good on the road. You look at it that way. Last year, you thought they should have went 2-2 two, two 
and then decide after that. See who's got it, then you play him. And then when the sack goalie starts, you know, whatever, you switch. Not play Flower the first five games of the damn series and then put Talbot in game six. That was just mishandled. That's just a meaningless, like, here, good luck. Yeah, right. (laughs) Hey, good luck. And then Letty scores from the blue line and absolutely just destroys all confidence Cam Talbot had, you can tell. Uh, But, no, I, I just hope they are smart about it, you know. You got two hot goalies. I think the correct answer is Philly G at this stage, but I wouldn't be mad at Flower either because I mean, they're just. Got, how could you be mad at either or? It's they're I mean, both. Here's, here's the thing: we everybody needs to mentally prepare that Mark Andre Fleury will start Game One of the playoffs. It's just that's what's going to happen. I'm just I'm telling it now. Unless he gets injured or falls off a cliff, he will be starting Game One. You that didn't go so- out and sign him for three and a half mil to not play in your biggest games it's just here's the good news with that in his last four um where he's been getting a little bit of rest in between uh he's 4-0-0 he's got a 1.23 goals against and a 960 save percentage he and and that's pretty good (laughs) it's that good i don't don't think it's that good and again we we were talking about it a little bit earlier but like in the jets game he was unbelievable he he stole the game yes he stole that game a game that the wild won by two yeah, Mark Andre Fleury stole the game. It was shout out boss man for placing a bet on the the under. So <laughs> got us going, got the boys rolling again. Uh, we just need boss man every single time he places a bet, just fade. Actually, not every time he gets hot sometimes. But thanks, boss man. Uh, the goalies, though, I don't know who to thank, but besides our defensive structure around them, I mean, it's got a they're seeing every puck, and when they, you see yeah. puck is more than likely you're making the save. It was weird because at the beginning of the season, I feel like Philly G was having these these like spells where he'd let in a weak goal every once in a while, where it's like a like shot from the point, hits a stick, goes in the net. It's not happening anymore. He's making the saves. He's confident, too. That one where he, uh, he made a stick save and he tipped it, tipped it to himself and snatched it with his glove. And he just looked at the guys, like the, the dude that shot it, and you're like, wow, he's feeling himself right now because – no goalie's just doing that in a game where he could flip the doop, doop, snatch it with his glove like it's nothing right in front of a player coming to the net. I was like, okay, yeah, uh, he's feeling it, and yeah, it, it's no, he's been it's a he's good been, position to be in. He's been sensational. Oh, um, did we mention that uh, we have the number one prospect in the organization as a goalie? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That's really weird. I, so on the season, Philip Gustafson. Is posting a 17, 8, and 4 record. He's got a sub two goals against average at 191 and then a 933 save percentage. And that factors in his first three games where the that fir- his first game is the second time ever that Dean Evison has pulled a goalie in the game. Ever. And he posted a 333 through that um, and an 878 save percentage and like. Uh, against 82 shots. So it's not like a tiny, you know, it's not like he only, it was like a, you know, sometimes you see an eight, seven, eight, and it's like the guy let in like two out of like 12, you know, yeah. or something like that, whatever the math winds up being there. Uh, not the case. Uh, he gave up, you know, he, he, he gave up 10 out of 10 out of 82. Uh, not great, but you know what? He figured it out. He had one more stinker against the penguins about a month later. And then ever since then, he's been phenomenal just like absolutely sensational and flower has been in the same boat where like he he also had a very rough start to the year 
Um, he didn't really have like the one game where it was like, okay, he's back. But slowly but surely, as Philly G has gotten more confidence and started to play a couple more games, uh, Flower has also been playing a lot more confident because he's playing with the ability to know that like he can rest between games. So he comes in each game fully rested and the team doesn't need him to steal a game every game. Now, you know, Winnipeg, they did need it. And you know what? That's a, he was, that's a he desperate was, team on the back end of a back to back. I mean, and he was ready and ready for it. And yeah, and you needed him to play that well for us to win yesterday. Bottom right. line. So, so the other yeah. thing, and then and not to mention the day before, uh, Philly G pitched a shutout. And yeah, so he pitched a he shutout. One nothing. Yeah, I would say <laughs> he pitched a shutout. And this is a fun little fact. He became, as far as I can tell, the 26th goalie in NHL history to post a shutout but still lose. Yeah, that's unbelievable. We have other fun facts here. I think. Yeah, actually, I do have. So I had. I obviously I had came in came in hot with the the fun fact for. Uh, for for our guy Philip Gustafson, but I also have a fun fact for um, the Flower Mark Andre Fleury. As everybody knows, he was the first overall pick in the 2003 draft. Um, now here is a fun fact, though he's one of only three goalies to ever go first overall. Zooch, do you know the other two? Uh, well, I mean, the first two goalies that come to my mind, obviously, are uh, Martin Brody, Marty Broder. Marty yeah, Broder. Sure, that makes sense. Patrick Waugh, obviously. Those yep. two are legendary. Both, both make sense. Who were first overall picks. I would probably need a hint on this one. These guys got to be older goalies. Mid-90s probably draft. Um. Yeah, so um, I, I doesn't say what their draft year is, but um, yeah, so both of those, both of your guesses are good guesses, but they're wrong. Um, yeah. they're, both of your like thought process, I guess, is, uh, are, yeah. are, are wrong. Um, the one goalie would have been just going from his birth year would have been either 99 or 2000 draft. Um, and then the other goalie would have been in the, probably the, Oh, I know this late, first, late 60s I know this 70s. first one. Was it, was it, uh, fuck, what the hell is his name? He's still getting paid. Um, DiPietro, Rick DiPietro. Yeah, it is actually nice one. Yes. Okay. He's still getting paid. Um, I know that. And then the other one, I probably will never be able to guess that one. Is it uh, had- the Canadian named Michelle Plus? Yeah, never would have guessed that. But no, it's funny how I, Rick DiPietro, I remember because he played and he actually was bad goalie. He just was super injury pro. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, pre- he's pretty good. He had a- he played for the Islanders for a while, didn't he? Yeah. Played uh, 318 games, a career average of 902, which is not great, but it was an easier time to score back then. He did have a few good years, though, if I remember correctly. He yeah. was, I, I remember the name and I remember the player. <laughs> like it, it, might, it might have been from playing NHL as a kid, like the video game. You know, you play against people and you, you know, yeah. that name is just cool to DPHRO. Yeah, no. He, um, he played with the Islanders basically his entire career. Yep, I almost said Jaguar, but I knew it wasn't Jaguar because I, I remember just a, a goalie with a weird name <laughs> that yeah. the Wild didn't see a whole lot, you know. We didn't see absolutely DiPietro. That's cool. Yeah, That's some, now you know. Now we know. Hey, now you all know. That's true. See, just a podcast for us to talk about the Wild. It's also a podcast to talk about hockey. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you don't have to come here just for just for the. Uh the wild takes you can also yep. come here for knowledge but yes. it is time for wild takes so yes sir um 
Let's uh, end the show the same way we end every show by giving out our our, our wild takes. And uh, I'm gonna go first on this one just because mine's silly and dumb and whatever. And then Zuch's, I think we we might need a moment to take a breather. Here. Yeah, this. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, my um, trivia team that I uh, am a part of on um, Tuesday nights. We are competing in a tournament that we paid money to enter for um, because giant nerd and I I. I we typically do pretty well at these, at these things where we, we almost always place like in the money. Um, so, uh, I think we have a pretty good chance at making it to the, to the finals of this tournament. But in the meantime, uh, I want anybody that's listening to this to send me your favorite fun little facts and like trivia facts and things like that. So I can brush up on my knowledge. Um, and then if, uh, if I use anybody's trivia facts in the thing, then uh i'll buy you a beer how about that here we go uh our team name is uh hot cheese so everybody everybody support hot cheese hot cheese <laughs> i love hot cheese Zoots, what's uh, your mine's, wild a, mine's in a totally different vein uh we're, we're going on the basketball tangent i've been doing this quite a bit lately where my uh wild take will reflect either one of my uh, stick taps or coupling and mm-hmm. this week is no different the Gopher basketball team, one of the worst basketball teams in the history of the Big Ten Conference, if not the worst. Yeah. Upset Nebraska last night, which no one saw coming. My wild take is they're going to go a step further. They're going to go to the quarterfinals. They're going to get at least one positive note out of this first Ben Johnson season. How and funny would it be? Dude, if they advanced two games, how funny would it be if they went on a run? <laughs> Just I, some easy yeah. run. How funny it's would it be? It's not going to happen, but... <laughs> They get the Big Ten auto bid. Oh my god, that would be so funny. Let's see. People were talking about this. If the go, like, if that happened, big if, like that is, if that happened, dude, uh-huh. one of the most crazy upset stories in the history of college basketball. It'd it would be, a, be unreal. It'd be an, in, unbelievable. But yeah, no, they, uh, yeah. What seed would they get? <laughs> they would have to be a sixteen or a no, fifteen. They'd get, they'd get fifteen because I don't. I think the sixteen is reserved for the first four in teams. I don't Maybe. know. I could be wrong. I, I, I mean, I'm I don't know. Out of my I, I, it one. would be. I, I actually. Well, no, because they do eleven seeds play each other, twelve, and then uh, I'm pretty sure the play those playing games. There's a sixteen, might be a fifteen, then eleven, twelve. Like there's a couple ones yeah, that are right. right. That's, that's, yeah. But no, uh, they would have to be a 16. They're terrible. They won really one game. They've if they win the Big Ten they tournament, they would have won five conference games at that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. It's nine. They'd have to play. They'd be at nine wins, ten wins, eleven wins, twelve. 12. Yeah, that'd be the worst team. Worst team I think thirteen. Though. It'd be thirteen and twenty. Yeah, they'd be the worst team by far to ever make the tournament. In the tournament, well, yeah, by far. I mean, they, be so they don't even. I'd hope they'd get to play a playing game to play against one of these other 16s to see if how bad they really are. But at that point, they beat all the good teams in the Big Ten. So, I mean, really, I don't know. I don't think that's not my wild take. They aren't going on some magical run. But I think it would mean a lot to these guys because there are quite a few returning players from this team if they decide to stick around, which Dawson Garcia is going nowhere. I mean, he just transferred from two schools. He's not going anywhere. He's going to stay home. I mean, Pharrell Payne, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, so they got some, well, they did have a really good recruit coming in that kind of fell by the wayside, but, you know, 
They're going to have two faces in there next year. They need some positivity, and I think they're going to get it. They're going to win two games this Big Ten tournament. They're going to show they can compete with the big boys, and we're going to have some positivity about Ben Johnson's first year here. Wild. Boom. Book it. Cool. (laughs) Hell yeah, let's do it. Well, that is indeed a wild take. So, as always, thank you for listening to the Wild Takes podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. Go give us a follow on social media over at wild takes 10k and make sure to follow along with the rest of the 10k stuff as well if you like the show tell your friends if you hate the show tell your enemies that's a win-win for you and remember folks it's not just about working hard and having fun it's about fucking winning stay safe out there get the fuck out of bed bitch go dude kuznadinov took a fucking slap shot and a stick to the face yeah did you not see? Oh, I saw it. Spoke was like blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>